Live from Nashville, Tennessee, it's Dawn and Steve in the morning. Good morning from Moody Radio. Coming up, ever thought we could be raising victims? Where does our identity come from? Find out more later this hour. But first, from the Word to Life with Aldivo. Mm-hmm. We're headed there. I, I just, they'll have to, there's so many things on my list this morning. <laughs> Are you ready for the list? Yeah, bring it. Okay, first question. Whatever happened to certs? Certs? Mm-hmm. What, was, were those mints or gum yep. or something like yep. that, right? You know, they came in a little roll and mom would hand them to you in church. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever happened to certs? Well, this is what question. kept me awake as I was going to sleep last night. Okay. Uh, all of a sudden, <laughs> I don't even know why certs, the word, popped into my brain. And I'm trying to go to sleep and I'm like, yeah, but Lord, whatever happened to certs? I haven't seen those in forever. And I don't even know which candy company made them, but they disappeared. And then I started thinking about lifesavers. No, they still exist. But certs, where'd they go? Mom always had certs in her purse. Okay. I Well, apparently you can Google certs and you can buy them online. You can get them on eBay. You can get them on Amazon. You can get them all so, sorts of different ways. They're just not in the candy counter. I guess I, either that or I'm just not paying attention to the candy counter. Yeah, I... I I don't know. It looks like uh, you can even buy them through Ace Hardware online. Well, there you go. Old school, go to one of the establishments that's still servicing like the good old days. I love that because they have so many different things. But that really, you could find certs at Ace Hardware? I uh, Apparently. Um, I feel I'm like I need at, to try this. Looking at Walmart online right now. And uh, Cadbury certs, wintergreen mints, currently out of stock. But... <laughs> If you, if, yeah. if you go to the grocery store this morning, if, if you're one of those folks that runs in and grabs something for lunch or, or you know, whatever, can you, like, look in the candy aisle and just tell me, sh- shoot a picture over here, let us know if certs are in the candy aisle. Maybe there's just so many choices now that I haven't seen them. Okay. But that just was a, kind of a blast from the past. I'm like, yeah, I haven't seen those in 100 years. Yeah. Well, all right. Very good. I, now that you say that, I mm-hmm. can't say that I have either. So there's one. Okay, there's one. What, what happened to certs? We're, we're going to throw it still okay. old school, and that is I saw a gremlin, I promise you, on the highway this morning. Really? Mm-hmm. It had to be, or something very much like that. Now, it wasn't keeping up to speed, but <laughs> right? there, there it was in the middle of all things on I-24, right outside of Nashville, actually headed toward Nashville. And as I'm, pat- I'm thinking... Wait a minute. I mean, first of all, that little car is built like a little tank. Oh, yeah. With the handles, the whole thing. You know, that metal, no wonder it's endured. And it's dark as I was traveling, and I think it was a black car. It just had that really strong paint job on it. And I'm like, but that's a, huh. And I wanted to slow it down and watch it go by. But, yeah, did I mention I-24? There's, yeah, no slowing down. But who made the Gremlin? Uh, that that is a good question. Um, AMC put the bare bones into the two seat Gremlin. Um, look at that. I'm was gonna... it a company like Chevy Dodge? I uh, I just uh, I, I could because used to back when those cars were popular, I knew who made every car. I could tell you a truck by its headlights. AMC American Motors Corporation, at which no longer exists, as I understand. I think that's right. It's another, it's right next to certs it's a, in my that, brain. Exactly. There was certs. Yep. Certs and AMC. I think they both are 
you know, yesteryear. But now you want to take a guess in person at what a gremlin cost when it came out? Oh, let me think a minute. Would it be around uh, what year did it come out? Give me that clue. Well, um, they it was in the 70s. So Mm -hmm. as a quick search, I'm seeing like 1970 all the way up to 1979. So 1973. I'm going to give you that. Was it? That's a significant year. $3,100? Uh, you actually shot too high. Oh, what? Yep. Yep. Under $1,900. No. The bare bones two seat gremlin on the market for $1,879. It would be about uh, $12,500 in 2020 dollars. The four seat model listed for $1,959. So again, just under $2,000. Okay. Now, I'm um, I'm sorry. What did you say about like the tops, the top model of it? How much? Uh, the four seater model. Yeah, one thousand nine one thousand nine hundred and fifty nine dollars. Brand new. Brand new. Wow, Miss Pat. Thanks for your text. American Motors. You say made it, and you had one. All right. Wow. Did it? Did it? This is what I want to know. All these things. So yeah, evidently my brain is operating somewhere in the seventies right. <laughs> over the last twenty-four hours, which is good because at least I haven't made it all the way back to the fifties, which the play that we're doing right now is set in nineteen fifty. All so right. I, I'm still in the modern days in the seventies. Uh, you, you are, and I'm filtering so hard right now. <laughs> but we're gonna go. <laughs> You have to. Um, because I'm, I'm afraid if I said what I want to say, I'd have reason to fear and be anxious. And Scripture says to be anxious for nothing. And I know that's where you're, you're going to take us this morning to uh, the book of Philippians. I sense wisdom operating over there. <laughs> Very good wisdom. Yes, Philippians 4, 6. We know this verse well. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which trans, uh, surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I have said this verse over my own life so many times, and all of the truth nuggets in Philippians 4, 6, don't be anxious. Mm-hmm. Be anxious for nothing. Paul said, there is nothing that should cause a child of God to worry, and he was well aware of things that caused anxiety. His nation was occupied by a foreign army and ruled by corrupt leaders. Anything resonating? He was writing from prison where he was being held as a result of a false accusation. So a crooked government, false accusations, and he still could say, in a foreign army occupying the land, and he still could say, be anxious for nothing. He was even separated from his loved ones. His motives had been questioned. He'd been misrepresented. Some were trying to undermine all that he had accomplished, all that he had done with starting and planting churches. He suffered physically. He faced imminent execution, 2 Corinthians 11. Yet Paul said there would never be a crisis so troubling that God could not bring peace in the midst of it. God, he won't necessarily take our problems away, yours nor mine, but he will carry the load for us. He wants you to experience his peace, which is beyond human comprehension. You will never fully understand how God could give you peace in some of the situations you face, but you don't have to understand it to experience it. I love that. This peace, it's not just for those who handle stress well, 
No, it's for each one of us who finds themselves in Christ. You may know that God wants you to experience peace, but you wonder, how's this possible? Because you are presently facing a really big, ominous struggle. But scripture says this, be anxious for nothing. God's word clearly indicates that there's nothing you can face that is too difficult, too troubling, too fearful for God. No matter what your circumstances are, turn your anxiety over to him and let his perfect peace guard your heart, your mind through Christ Jesus. This devotional, we'll send it to you. Just text the word Devo, D-E-V-O. Here's the number, 800-555-7898. Or it is posted on our Facebook page, easy to find, Dawn and Steve in the Morning. Thanks for listening to Dawn and Steve in the Morning. On YouTube today, Moody's very own Trillia Newbell talks about her podcast and book, 52 Weeks in the Word. Click the bell and subscribe at youtube.com forward slash at Dawn and Steve to be reminded each time a new video drops. Yes, because you're going to want to get this one when it comes into, what do we call that, production, when it hits YouTube. As we speak today with Leonidas Johnson, new book, a big conversation, the book just dropped yesterday, Raising Victims, the Pernicious Rise of Critical Race Theory. Leonidas, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Well, we're great, and we know that you've been busy, and you're busy even without a brand new book. You're a speech-language pathologist and a host of a podcast. You've been in theater and film and all the things that I, I won't even list the rest of the accomplishments that the Lord is using you to create. And we're thankful that you're able to take on this really big topic of critical race theory. And I wonder if we hear CRT and we go, yeah, I think I know what that means, but I'm not 100% sure. Break that down for us. Sure. It's one of those sort of uh, elusive topics, because once you try to nail it down, the supporters of create CRT will say, no, that's not CRT, or you don't know what you're talking about. That's only in law schools. That's not happening in public schools. That's not happening here. So it, there's a lot of deflection happening, and it's a little bit of a moving target. But if you actually read the founding, uh, the, the founders and what they say about critical race theory, it's meant to be this sort of way of uh, rectifying what the civil rights movement didn't accomplish. So they felt like the civil rights movement stalled out and racism was driven underground and became ingrained in our entire society. So racism is now everywhere. It's in all of our institutions. It's in our normal operations of our everyday lives. It's it's in this radio show. <laughs> it's everywhere. So everywhere you look, white supremacy is the normal operation of society. And, they, and critical race theorists believe that that explains racial disparities, explains all negative impacts of non-white people, um, historical impacts, all of these different things. But the basic presupposition is that racism is everywhere at all times, all around us, and that it impacts us in ways that we can't even see. And that's the basic essence of it. Now, Leonidas, uh, I hear people talking about the fact that critical theory and critical race theory falling under that umbrella has its roots back in Marxism. And so is that true? And if so, how does critical race theory tie into Marxism in some way? 
critical race theory comes directly from the ideology of Karl Marx and it's developed critical theories were developed at the Frankfurt school in Frankfurt, Germany. And those guys were devout Marxist and they developed a sort of neo-Marxism. And then from that, there was a critical legal theories where they applied critical theories to the law and then critical race theory took critical legal theories and applied race to that. And so it, in some essence, it did start in law school. Uh, the founders themselves called themselves Marxists. They were proud of it. <laughs> I mean, this is you go and read their writings, they say it explicitly. But I mean, if you even without that, if you look at it just generally, the idea that you can separate the world into victims and oppressors, proletariat and bourgeoisie, and say that the entire structure of society is 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 formed to benefit the elite and the people who are in charge and then everybody else are this oppressed sort of, well, proletariat that don't really even understand that they're being oppressed or in many cases oppressed themselves. And so it pits those groups against each other and uh, it aims for what they, what they would call a cultural revolution, which we saw in China. And, you know, it, that did not work out very well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but yeah, the, the Marxist roots are are very apparent and they're very, if you read the writings, they're very open about that, that Marxist tie. Leonidas Johnson with us. He has written the book, Raising Victims. It's the pernicious rise of critical race theory. And uh, when we continue the conversation in just a few moments, want to find out what role media might be playing in keeping this theory in front of us. So we're going to come back and continue the conversation with Leonidas in just a moment. Connect on our Facebook page. Thanks for listening to Dawn and Steve in the Morning on Moody Radio. We're glad you're here. Call or text. 800-555-7898 and join the conversation. A conversation with Leonidas Johnson. He's written the book, Raising Victims, The Pernicious Rise of Critical Race Theory. He's a speech pathologist, writer, podcast host, film and, uh, and uh, theater actor. And as we talk about critical race theory or CRT, I think many of us maybe first heard of this in the media. You know, whether that be social media feeds or on cable news or wherever. And, and as we began to hear about CRT, media kind of maybe helped us dictate uh, or define what we thought it was. But what is the role of the media, you think, in the popularity of CRT? Well, the media is very good about pushing false narratives. And the issue of race and racism is very emotionally charged. And people are very apt to be manipulated by these narratives. And a good example of this is what happened in Memphis with the five black police officers who uh, who beat the black man to death. And suddenly the media comes out and says, yeah, this is clearly a case of white supremacy. <laughs> and you're, you're just thinking to yourself, this is bizarre. How could it be a case of white supremacy when no white people were involved? But when you understand how critical race theory is propagated and this idea that the entire structure of our society is racist and imbibed with white supremacy, then it makes more sense. And the media pushes these false narratives and manipulates people. And then people start to think that, oh, well, I guess I just don't know. I 
I guess I'm just not educated enough or I I'm if, if, if you're white, you think like, I just don't understand black people's experience. So you get manipulated because you're trying to be a good person. You're trying to be compassionate and trying to be empathetic. And the media is lying to people and pushing these false narratives on a regular basis. Police shootings in general, uh, always pushing, you know, just unarmed black people killed by police and that narrative. But then you never hear about unarmed white people who are killed by police, even though those it's normally twice as many every year. And so these kind of things people just don't think happen or they think when it happens to black people, it happens on a more frequent basis. And so these narratives get perpetuated. So the media is very, very good about uh, manipulating people and getting into their emotions and making things seem like they're, they're something else. So and as far as critical race theory goes, the idea that it's not in public schools or that it's not in anywhere except for law schools is that's another media lie because, you know, they, they push these ideas that have nothing to do with the reality. When you look at what's actually happening in these universities, train, te future teachers being trained in critical race theory, and we're suddenly supposed to believe that, yeah, they're not going to take that to K through 12 schools, but the media wants to deflect and they don't investigate properly and they don't tell the truth. So people don't see the full story and they don't really recognize what's actually happening. And I think, Leonidas, that the conversation, there's a lot of people that want to enter into the conversation about how we make relationships better. And yet when things like that happen and you see that it becomes a white supremacy issue when black people are involved, like what happened in Memphis, you're like, wait a minute, I don't know how to talk about this because what I'm yeah. seeing and what I'm hearing are two different things. Right. Yeah. And uh, George Floyd is another good example. You know, there's still to this day not a lick of, uh, of evidence to suggest that anything that happened with that had anything to do with race. And, you know, you can feel how you want about George Floyd, but uh, to think that it was a racial issue is completely media driven and completely politically driven. Um, but you're absolutely right. If you suggest that maybe it didn't have anything to do with race or the, the Memphis issue, if you su suggest that maybe, uh, you know, race didn't play a role, then all of a sudden you're attacked and, and people are coming after you and calling you a racist and white supremacist. And it's, it's difficult. Mm -hmm. So uh, it, 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 to start these conversations, because people are so entrenched in the ideology and they, again, it comes down to manipulation and uh, uh, basically forming people's thoughts around race. And, and, and it becomes a sort of religion, I, I, I would say, because, you know, they elevate race to this to this pinnacle where it's so important to identity and everything is viewed through that lens It's viewed through uh, the lens of racial oppression and white supremacy and everything is translated that way. And that's, it makes it, it makes it challenging. It makes it challenging. It makes it hard to enter into conversation. No wonder you took the time to write a tool that helps us with that. Raising victims. Is that what we're doing? The pernicious rise of critical race theory. Leonidas Johnson with us. And we are going to continue to break this down so that we can all get some great information and continue great relationships. Don and Steve in the morning. Connect on Facebook. Just look for our names. Dawn and Steve in the Morning have just launched our Insta channel. Instagram, follow Dawn and Steve in the Morning on Instagram now. Yeah, I mean, that's brand new, I think, within the last 24 hours. So go check that out. Hey, we're talking with Leonidas Johnson this morning. He's written a book, Raising Victims, The Pernicious Rise of Critical Race Theory. And as we've already kind of defined critical race theory and what it is, 
um, and, and how the media is driving a narrative, who is benefiting from this? Because whether it is a true narrative or a false narrative, usually someone is benefiting when a story continues to be or an idea is continues to be put in front of us. So so who's benefiting from CRT? Yeah, well, I think there's there's a couple of different avenues where you see benefits. And one of them is the people in power who are pushing these narratives, the the, the academics, the, the politicians, the media talking heads, uh, the people who have financial incentives and social incentives that get reinforced by pushing these narratives of oppression. People like Jamel Hill, that, that who comes to mind, who constantly call everything white supremacy and call everything racist. Uh, the reason why is because she knows that it, it's emotionally effective and she knows that it's going to get her clicks and views and people are going to come and give her positive reinforcement. And there's a lot of people like that out there who push that kind of stuff. The other angle is people who truly believe in the edicts of critical race theory and they truly have their identity rooted in that and one of the one of the things i always tell is the allegory by ken minogue which is saint george the dragon slayer in retirement and St. George was this prolific dragon slayer who killed all the dragons in the land. And he was this big celebrity. He's basically the medieval Justin Bieber, right? And he's, he, he killed all the dragons in the land and he retires and he suddenly has an identity crisis and he doesn't know who he is. He has no purpose or meaning to his life. And But suddenly he looks out the window and he sees a dragon and he goes out and he kills it and he suddenly feels, you know, he's revived he's back mm -hmm. and there's dragons everywhere now and there's dragons that quack there's dragons that bark there, there's dragons that claim to be villagers and he slays them all and eventually he's he's seen swinging his sword at thin air proclaiming it to be the fiercest dragon of them all and that allegory is such a powerful uh it's such a powerful story because it really shows you know, if you identify so deeply with fighting the dragons of racial oppression then when racism isn't there your only recourse is to create those dragons that's what we saw in memphis that's why people say oh that's white supremacy that's why they go to race as the as the go to to maintain that sort of identity and so when i push ideas like colorblindness and and moving into a post racial society or anybody does for that matter and critical race theorists push back against that the reason why is because in a colorblind society they lose their identity they can't be a racial victim they can't be in a they can't be a dragon slayer in a colorblind society so they need to maintain this narrative and maintain this idea of racial oppression uh for financial benefit for psychic benefit uh for you know for social benefit and one more thing I would say is that Booker T. Washington saw this uh, over 100 years ago, and he said there's a class of people who want to perpetuate these issues because they realize that it gives them benefits. And they do not want the patient to get well, is the way that he put it. And I think that's profound. Wow. Yeah, that is very profound. Well, I wow. we have so much yes. that we were not able to get to in this uh, brief time together here. But if you want to do a much deeper dive, I want to encourage you to check out Leonidas's book. It's called Raising Victims, The Pernicious Rise of Critical Race Theory. And we have this linked through our Facebook page. Uh, you can obviously Google him, uh, Leonidas. But if you forget the name, if you forget the book title, go to our Facebook page because we've got everything that you're going to need linked right there. Or simply ask about that. We We'd be happy to send that to you. Don and Steve in the morning.
on Moody Radio.